Welcome to the Emo Social Club podcast, broadcasting to you from EmoSocialClub.tv. I am Lizzie, and we didn't record an intro outro together, even though that we were together, just because we had so many tech issues prior to this, and we said we're one and done. So it's just me again back on our intro, and Ryan is probably working on the video for this right now. But we are talking to the band Unwell, and we are super stoked about this. I do really like their music, so I was really happy we were able to make this happen. But before we get on into it, just a reminder to make sure to go and follow us on all of our socials at Emo Social Club on Instagram and X Emo Social Club X over on TikTok and on Twitter. While you're at it, make sure that you also comment, rate, subscribe to us, and leave us a five-star rating on whatever platform you listen to. We are winding down to the end of the year, so we're going to be doing whatever we can to get more episodes out to you that may mean some more React content over interviews just because the music industry is slowing down just a little bit. But we do have some stuff really cool in the pipeline for the new year, so we're really stoked about that. And it's finally slowing down for us, but we will be back at it for the last Emo Night LA here in Chicago on December 1st, so make sure you come on out and let's party. And without further ado, we're just going to jump right into our interview with Unwell. Welcome to the Emo Social Club podcast, broadcasting to you from EmoSocialClub.tv. I am Brian. And I'm Lizzie, and we're joined by the band Unwell. How are you guys doing? Doing good. Thanks for having us. Yes, uh, we'll have you go around, introduce everybody in the band all all at once. For sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm Matt. I do, I'm, I'm the vocalist in Unwell. I'm Chris, I play rhythm guitar. I'm Connor, I play drums. I'm Drew, and I play bass. I'm Joe, and I play lead guitar. Hell yeah. Um, okay, I think we should talk about a little bit about like how the band got formed. From what I understand, this is like a... A TikTok thing. I'm like, it, I'm nearing forty. So when someone says it's like a TikTok <laughs> band, I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> um, yeah, no, we're not a TikTok band. We good. didn't form through TikTok. That's I don't know where you got that from. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> so then we can talk like adults here. So you're a band you're <laughs> that has nothing with TikTok. <laughs> yeah. Good. Yeah, 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 yeah. We uh, we formed in 2020 during the pandemic. Um, it was. It was Chris, Drew, and I, uh, you know, we just started writing some music after, um, you know, I, I graduated from college and these guys were recording at home and uh, doing some work and just kind of linked up and started writing some music. And yeah, and here we are. <laughs> I think what makes me think like pandemic, TikTok, like all this music stuff that all happened at the same time is because it just was everybody's like at home all doing stuff on the internet and everybody can like connect and uh, you don't even necessarily need to be like in the same place anymore. People are just writing and creating stuff and I think it just like happened a lot on TikTok and then I'm just like, oh, if a band came out in 2020, it's like either pandemic, like TikTok, it's Twitch, it's YouTube, it's like some internet thing that like everybody got together. Uh I don't know. But. Yeah, I mean, TikTok was definitely a tool we utilize, continue to utilize, obviously for promotion and stuff we like to do. You know, I mean, it's just like the number one way to, you know, get your music out there right now for any artist. So we're on TikTok, we're active. You know, we had a couple viral videos 
go for us. And that's probably where you got, uh, you know, that's probably where a lot of our followers found us was through TikTok or Instagram reels too. Um, so we're grateful for that for sure. But, um, but we were writing music, you know, we didn't join TikTok until 2021. Um, so we were writing music for about a year. We had a whole, our whole EP written the first one done before, uh, before we really started, you know, before we signed to adventure cat and before we started, uh, promoting it really. And you guys are currently on tour or like kind of like at the butt end of the tour too. And like you have an off day today. Um, so how has that been so far? I know you guys came through Chicago. We were not able to go to see you guys, unfortunately. <laughs> but how has this tour been so far for your latest um, album that literally came out like a couple days ago? It's been good so far. So the tour actually just started. It started uh, two days ago and then in Detroit. And then we came to Chicago. So we're just getting started. Um, the first two shows have been wild, dude. Like it's our first time headlining and it's our first time you know kind of doing this on our own and being in charge of everything and there's a lot of pressure for sure but these kids are showing up and having a wild time and uh we hope it just continues for the rest of the run there's been a there's a lot of shows going on right now which is like i think a good thing i think it's good that there is so much like music that's happening and people are so interested in going to like all these shows like there can be five shows in the same night and every one of them is sold out and i think that's that's rad um have you seen like just this energy of like coming from like i don't know the post pandemic post covid post all this stuff and people are just like i want to go see this band and i have every urge to like get everything out at this show <laughs> yeah yeah definitely i mean there's there was someone in chicago last night flew from florida just to come see us oh my god there was someone from new zealand it was crazy there was uh, a <laughs> there's yeah so we see that honestly there's always a couple like a handful of uh people like that at each show i drive there was another people at chicago last night another uh pair of people drove seven hours from iowa to come see us or from nebraska oh, oh my god so, yeah dude we got a lot of traveling fans it's it's really cool to see and it's really cool that they uh you know resonate with our music so much is there like a big contingent for getting you to Nebraska? <laughs> yeah, like are are you just not hitting these other markets yeah. <laughs> and they're just like I got to do it to them? <laughs> no, we we were in Nebraska back in spring. April. Yeah, back in the spring we were there. That's where they found us and they just they just wanted to come see us again. And then uh Florida, the like south eastern market is the only market we have yet to hit in our years of being a band and it's just one of those things that's out of our control and just <laughs> You know, when you get offered a tour, obviously you don't really have a lot of say over the routing. So like, you know, we're hoping we really want to get down there as soon as possible, but that's just, it hasn't been in the cards for us yet. But, <laughs> so I, I think that's why they uh, wanted to come up to Chicago for us last night. That's fair. I'm like, most bands are going these places. I guess Nebraska, I would think like maybe like April is still fairly recent for someone to want to drive like seven hours to come to Chicago in the winter too. But I'm like, Florida, I'm like that you that there's a lot of cities down there to hit like <laughs> you'll be there probably sooner than later obviously it's out of your control but you'll be there probably at some point sooner than later yeah absolutely i mean we're definitely if we get any say or any say in the matter florida's florida and that southeastern market's definitely something we are that's up top of our list i mean sometimes you just got to travel like the the stillers came back years ago i went down to atlanta because there was no chicago show <laughs> i was like i have to be here there's like this 
I like I think there are some shows where it's like I'm a, we're only playing like three dates, right? And then it's like you have to travel to one of them, and so people are figuring out like what's gonna be the closest one. But I think with most bands now, I just see like, well, they're gonna come back to Chicago, they're gonna come to New York, they're gonna go to LA. Like if I really need to like see them, they'll probably just end up in my town. So I don't know if like I don't I don't know. Maybe maybe we're just gonna start a bunch of rumors like Owen Wells coming to Florida like tomorrow, you know, don't drive, like or you know, oh, they're never gonna come to Florida. You gotta go to Chicago. You gotta go You're to You're booking your Southwest flight. You right gotta now. go to Detroit. You gotta get to the to the shows now. They may never come there. That's it. Yeah, I like that angle. That one's good. <laughs> that should just be the new marketing tactic. Like kind of go the hot mulligan route, but also then just make your own spin on it and like get people like really hyped for it. And then you're just going to have a bunch of people from like Texas and like Arkansas and everything, like just like up North somewhere. <laughs> and everyone's gonna be like, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, that'd be fun. The marketing tactic is lying. <laughs> uh, yeah. You mentioned that the, the kids are coming out to these shows because the record and the record just came out. So, I mean, obviously the, the response has been great at the live shows. Uh, so uh yeah uh, anything else to say about the, uh, we we tend to get into these conversations and then never talk about the music so now i'm making sure to hit all of the music conversations at the top of the podcast so that we're like yes everyone's happy we talked about the record and then we're going to be like so anyway i think like dogs are cooler than cats for like the next three hours and then <laughs> it's like well at least we talked about the music so uh yeah the the vibes are good the music is hitting everybody's really into it they're driving from all over the country to hear <laughs> yeah yeah um you got one of you guys want talk about it some more yeah the new record is um i think we're all really really proud of it and um i think playing it for the first time has been really really special for us and honestly i saw kids singing last night to songs that have only been out for you know 24 hours if not less so it's been uh really been rad to see yeah just literally just the energy and the love in the rooms has just been so amazing that's so awesome. And I'm also wondering, because I saw, too, that on some of your releases, you did a cover of Fast Car by Tracy Chapman, which has been, like, <laughs> covered by, like, an obscene amount of bands lately out of nowhere. What? How How did that kind of, like, come to formation for you guys? Were you also like, yeah, like, let's just cover this? Or was it something that you were like, oh, we should just pick a song and go? Hmm. Um, <laughs> so... Man, how long ago was it, guys? 20, I mean, that was in 2020 when we decided. Yeah. Um, so you were the first one to yeah. actually cover it. <laughs> yeah, I think so. At least before Luke Holmes. So yeah. Um, and so we um, we had this meeting with a label rep, um, and they were initially just chatting with us about design and stuff and our direction and stuff and then we kind of had like a consultation meeting about you know what labels look for and they told us uh, you know really good covers is something they look for and um i personally was always uh really interested in thinking of what a fast car cover would even sound like from a pop punk band and i didn't really ever think i was going to be able to do it but um once we were told to give a cover a shot, um, me, Chris, and Matt kind of just sat down that day after that meeting and literally wrote it that day. And um, yeah, it, it turned out way, I think, way better than we even anticipated. <laughs> better than Luke Combs cover. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude, he came like two years after us. He's, he's copying us. He's he looked at a lot of the Luke Combs. <laughs> 
there's always somebody in the Luke Holm thread saying, this one's all right, but it's also doing well. So. <laughs> <laughs> we get tagged on Luke Holm stuff a lot. Really? There's <laughs> <laughs> like the, the rabid fans just being like, y'all are missing out on a better cover over here. Yeah. <laughs> that's actually the new marketing technique. Yeah, it's like do a cover <laughs> and then wait for someone else to do that cover and then just have people in the comments like, come on. But they did it better. They did it first. Yeah. <laughs> Start beef. Yeah. <laughs> Start beef with blue <laughs> Okay. Listen, we might need a pop punk and country beef. It's been a little bit, probably. <laughs> That'd be funny. And usually yeah, that ends up with just collaborating. It doesn't end up with like actual fights. Yeah. Just like, all right, now we got unwell ex loose co- Luke Holmes on the new, <laughs> the new record or whatever. What oh a little wild combo! <laughs> y'all go full y'all alternative, but it's actual just like pop country, and then I you're mean, like, how did we get here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In the end, like, I mean, country like. For better or worse, country music is doing very well in the music industry. There's a lot of money in that. So I'm not going to shade any pop punk band or any band at all who like kind of wants to like dip toes in and like work with a country artist or something like that. Uh, Post Malone, I think, is just doing a country album now. And I'm like, okay, like it's all it's all going to mix together. And I hope I like it. I might not, I but I, I hope like I do. <laughs> Dude, yeah, it's just like. When you're young and angsty and have a lot of that pent up energy, pop punk is like, you know, the genre that everyone leans to. And then once you get older, man, you start wising up or, I don't know, for excellent, for whatever reasons. Everyone that, once they get older, like in their 30s, 40s, they always like go to country. It's like happens almost every time. <laughs> I think, I don't know if it's something to do with like, you know, life is no longer so troubling to me. So I'm going to like, shows are best be example. soothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's they, like, no, no, no. they finally realize life is a highway, in fact. <laughs> it's, it's like, how many times can I hear the same song about being in high school when I'm in my mid-40s, you know? Like, Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, like I've already become a casualty of society. I'm not going to... I can't listen to some 41 and change who I am now. <laughs> Dude, yeah. I heard they just called it quits, but I don't blame them. I mean, I, mean, I love them. I love some 41, but like, yeah, I mean, they're upper 40 the guy i mean their 40s maybe i don't think they're in their 50s yet but dude yeah touring those songs when you're 40 still yeah there's a lot of bands when we were young festivals a lot of bands yeah there's a lot of bands were like hey we're gonna come back and do it somebody somebody bullied me in high school and i have made a career out of it with like three songs (laughs) (laughs) i always think a simple plan in regards to their music is just so like i'm a teenager and life sucks like imagine being 45 and Well, I mean, even Simple Plan had one of their songs that was like used in some movie, and like the entire music video is like of that movie and like things happening to it. Mm-hmm. And it was like weird because I didn't, I didn't know the comparison. Then my friends made me watch the movie, and I'm like, this all makes so much sense about Simple Plan. <laughs> <So> <laughs> now man. I get Simple Plan. <laughs> uh, it's also a thing of like all the pop punk bands that are like starting now. And like, I just wonder if like in, in the next 20 years, are you going to be like, well, still got to talk about high school shit, but I am like, you know, married kids have a home and it's like, ah, oh, shit. Like I'm not sad. I'm not angry at my hometown anymore. What am I going to do? Yeah, man. It's just, you, I can't even, can't 
can't even imagine they remember their high school days at that point, you know? Like, I don't. Start writing songs about your kids' high school dramas. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. All right, Timmy, what happened to school today? Tell me more. <laughs> I'm writing it down. Yeah, who bullied you? Pushed you into a locker? All right, all right. All right, all right cool. I got the material I need. <laughs> I mean, don't worry. Travis Barker just had a whole other baby, so he'll have a, another, like, 18-plus years of content to pull from there. <laughs> That's right. That's awesome. <laughs> so as a as a as a newer band who has to write about everything that's ever hurt them from their childhood, <laughs> how do you see the next twenty years of your internal trauma experiencing on music? I don't know. Not the question you thought you'd get, but <laughs> you're like, how do I gotta make yeah. the next twenty years of my music career happen? <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. You so know, one step. Right, yeah. Just one, one step at a time, baby. <laughs> Small steps, little steps. I have to imagine the music will mature with all of us. Yeah, we'll see. You know, trial and error, kind of dipping back into our, this album. Like trial and error is like, you can tell in the in the two years between our first EP and trial and error, there's a lot of maturity that we can tell just listening ourselves, and a lot of um, yeah, it just kind of sounds like we're growing up a little bit in the way some of these songs sound and. You know, it's, it's a different sound than New Moons and not in like a changing genre way, but like in a more sophisticated way, uh, I think. So, um, you know, the next 20 years, hopefully it's just a lot more of that and, you know, getting better at what we do and honing in really like our process with writing and who we work with and whatnot. Who is somebody that you would really like to work your way up to to collaborate with whether it's like a producer or somebody else in like another band for like collab for like a vocal collaboration or anything of that sort i think we all each of us individually have people so let's just go around i'll start uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, i really want to work with um i've always said i wanted to work with john london of point north uh for like vocal production stuff um i'd really like to work with or write with dan bronstein um he's someone i like and then we talked about working with just briefly like will putney mm. for do something with us too so i don't know that's that's who that's who's on my mind lately oh and bear Tooth, that would be Not sick a, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bear Tooth yeah, yeah. unwell collab honestly that would also be a really sick tour package <laughs> <laughs> yeah one baby steps we're, we're working on it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I gotta agree with the Will Putney. Um, that dude uh, does every band I've ever idolized and is in so many cool bands himself. Um, being in a room with that guy, I've been fortunate enough to work on uh, be in a room where he's working on records and he's uh, an absolute machine. And uh, I would love to see what he would do to anything that we do. Maybe kind of out there, but I would love listen your band is gonna go through all of your phases yeah right after this conversation <laughs> yeah that's right <laughs> what did you guys say so i definitely think doing something with ben barlow would be cool from that hmm. how much do you think uh 
like now that rock music especially is getting more open to the idea of like collaborations with producers with other artists in the rock scene and like having more people on songs and working on music together how much do you think like the producer brings to like making the songs making an album making the whole project come together like I've seen a lot more people in bands just go more like I'm going to we're going to self-produce. We're going to do it more ourselves. But obviously, like there are these guys out there who have like techniques and skills. And it's like just being in a room with them creates like a different sort of sound and and adds on to it. But what do you guys think of like your sound with them? And and, uh, what do you think like the producers really like bring to the to the table there? Um, well, I've self-produced both records, and um, we've been talking about doing uh, more collaborations in the future, and I think writing together is an important aspect of it, but I think when you're in the room with someone else, it can really change the flavor of what your final product's going to be, whether that's just, you know, someone that's producing the vocals, or um, whether that's just mixing and mastering with a a producer, um, I think the end result can really change the way it uh, comes out in the end. I have an issue with uh, John Feldman as an independent producer. And I, I talk about it a lot and I'm willing to bring him up at all times. And I go, sometimes I think more bands should be self producing because it gets out a lot of those like voices that are just like kind of standard in the industry. And it just creates like the same sound over and over again. So I like hearing like bands like doing more self-production just because it ends up being like this is actually the band itself and there's not that like sort of like no this is like the pop hits and all this like all these bands back in the early 2000s where it's like yeah you wrote this cool record but you have no hit singles on it so you have to go back and like write a hit single and now we've seen like all these bands that just like do it themselves put the music out themselves and can work with like can just create for their fans and the fans are there (laughs) and you don't need to like I just heard this about Blink 182 and I'm I'm okay. I, I like Blink 182 enough, but I'm like they had to write first date because they didn't have a hit single on uh Pants and Jacket. And it's like, what do you what? They're Blink 182. They've already had their hit singles, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean I think it's uh you know, yeah, I I think you touched on something really important that like it's it's just us in the room and it's just our voices coming out on these two albums we put out. Um, and like what you were saying, you know, we, we collaborated with different people for mixing and mastering on these, but you know, the core, uh, just writing and production has been ourselves. And it's definitely something like, cause I know you said you have beef with John Feldman. But <laughs> I don't have beef we, with him. I just don't love his production the all the time. We did press up when we were young fest and Goldfinger was there this year. And I was like, Brian, what if I email and then you can just I'll have it out with John Feldman for 10 minutes. <laughs> But no, I mean, I, I definitely hear where you're coming from, though. I mean, he's got his particular sound and style that shows through every, you know, every record he works on. And unfortunately, I think, at least from my perspective, this is like super, super personal opinion, not facts at all. But <laughs> my opinion of like where the, our pop punk rock music industry is at right now is, you know, it's a lot, a lot about connections and like who you work with connects you to who the people you know, who might do other things for you too, might be connected to a booking agent, might be connected to management, might be connected to a label. So if you go and record with X and X producer, you know, maybe they're like this record's go-to dude. And if you record with him, maybe he'll put you in touch. So it's a lot of like that stuff right now. And I think that's why there's a lot of bands or a lot of pop punk and rock records coming out from like a select few producers, because 
I mean, all their work is fucking phenomenal, right? But like, at the end of the day, yeah, I mean, all these brands are going to the same few people, so there's not a lot of individuality in um, in some of these records that we've heard recently. So. Yeah, and I, I, to piggyback on that, I feel like something we work really hard at is not sounding like a ton of double bands. <laughs> yeah, 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 because, yeah, I mean, like, that's, I don't know, we just want to tell our stories in a unique way. We don't want to be the same. Like, yeah, what's the fun in creating something that sounds the exact same as somebody else? that's how i feel and it's like i just want new cool ideas to get the light to get like to be shown and, and heard by more people and i think when you're just like having the same sort of guys like doing like the cool it's another pop punk record it's another it's another rock record it's another emo hip-hop record it's like it just all ends up kind of blending together and then bands that are doing something more interesting don't get their their music out there because they didn't work with that person i guess so i'm all for like as much collaboration as possible especially in the way to just like make music interesting and cool and different and not just like the same yeah absolutely and it's funny we're talking about this because actually today earlier today joe and i were talking and kind of we're talking about you know bring up a controversial band we're uh, we're talking about issues because they just announced yes. their final three shows and dude, that's the example of the band. Like all, all issues, issues. <laughs> like with that band and their and the vocalist and everything regarding them. Like, dude, that band created some music that's never been created before, or anything yes. like it. And like, it's it's a sad. We were just talking about this morning about like how it's like it's the end of an era for that band, and it's such a shame because there's no other band out there like them and their music was so unique and so cool and, and it's almost a- 10 years later there's still not a band like that yeah <laughs> yeah yeah exactly dude like they they were just so i don't know they're they're one of those bands that are you know regardless of all the, the problems they've had like their music is is really really creative and unique and will stick with me for a while for sure yeah i was i was actually thinking of that too because it, it, it like i remember when they came out and it was like it was kind of slept on because it was just like another like vehicle for those two singers who are no longer with it. Um, and it was like, yeah, this is okay. It's just another vehicle. It's just another band like that. But then like the more I got into it, the more I'm like, wait, no, there is something exciting here and something different, but it it's like the music can be so good and so revolutionary and so different. And then there's always some like other fucked thing that happens to them. And it's like, great. Well, okay, never mind. <laughs> Yeah, dude, I guess in the last two, three years, a lot of that in this game, but, you know, people get what they get. It's <laughs> also to say, like, the three other guys who are going on the actual shows, and, and I didn't read enough about what they're actually going to do with these. I just saw I, it's the I other saw, three guys. Um, because Skylar Accord, he, they were posting on TikTok cause, and, like, responding to questions about it, and they said it was going to only just be, like, the three of them. I think that's oh, yeah. Okay, I did hear him say that it's not going to be only instrumental. So there are going to be vocals. Just don't know who. Who's doing them? Yeah. Yeah, or if they're just tracked. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! What if they? Oh, what band did this? I forgot who it was. It was recently, but like the the sing the the vocalist lost their voice, so they had other people come up and mm. sing to finish. So we could always just do that. We just crowdsource from the audience and hope for the best. Honestly, for your, like your final three goodbye shows, they probably have enough people there to do that. Oh, oh yeah. Be super crazy, memorable, and fun night. It'd be super fun, actually. 
Yeah, <laughs> that'd be sweet. Who knows? Maybe we'll roll up the Chicago show. Yeah, that'd be sweet. <laughs> uh, and then just go up on stage and be like, "No, yo, let me get one of these. <laughs> let me play. Let me sing a yo, song." Yo, let me just uh, sneak on over here real, real quick. <laughs> let me hop on. Like that's an opportunity to have like a lot of the people who at the time, uh, you know, really liked this band and and now they have the chance to like go up and sing the songs with the 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 guys. I'm like, that could actually be like really cool shows if they if they did yeah. it like that. Yeah, I'm very, very curious to see. We were talking about if we're gonna try to go to Chicago's show or not, because they're one of our favorite bands, but we'll see if we end up making it. But if not, I'm I'm very curious to watch the YouTube videos and you know you're back about what it was like this is also just an aside a little tangent uh at the last warp tour i was hanging out in the buses and i ended up playing super smash brothers with skylar <laughs> and nice. everyone in issues is way too fucking good at super smash brothers <laughs> and just just destroyed me and i, I was thought it was pretty good and then i was like fuck skylar is really good and then i came back and like played another character and i like almost had him i was like that close Anyway, that's why I'm not going to the issue show because you can't yeah. beat me at Super Smash Brothers and then I like your band. Like that's just like we're done. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's funny. <laughs> I was like, I understand that I'm I understand that this is the dude from issues. I understand this. But now you have But right now he's him. just a competitor. Right now he's just another guy playing Super Smash Brothers. He's just playing Yoshi and fucking my shit up. Like, no, no, we're not letting this happen. I don't care what band you're in. I don't care who <laughs> you're playing with. Up, yeah. dude there was someone like there it was just like take it out all cover. they like had like a whole case that had a tv in it so you could just like take off the top <laughs> big screen tv i'm like that's part of your like van that you're taking around that's 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 loaded in with all of your amps and other shit is this tv just to play super smash brothers on warp tour in the parking lot because they took that's it awesome. so seriously uh and they were just taking on anybody anybody who walked by they're like you want to play and people were like fuck yeah dude let me in there <laughs> So there was somebody who played Kirby and did all the annoying moves, and I was like, "You." Okay, Kirby's my main though. <laughs> See, <laughs> Kirby's powerful, man. Kirby runs that game. Yeah, I mean, you just like you know, you go and then you yeah. get their power. Yeah, how could you not? You and then you you do the up and down so that they like hit them, and then they they do a little sword, and then you do the rock do drop on them. Yep. Yeah. That's and and no one could take them out with the, with those moves. Yeah. So now what's everybody in the band's okay. <laughs> Super yeah. Smash Brothers main? Because I think we can also tell people's personalities by that. Um, I mean, I'm going to be straight up. I do not play video games very much. That's fair. <laughs> I'm not right there too. Dude, but I mean, because the last time, when you're just talking about Super Smash Bros, I'm being GameCube. Like, that's the last yeah. time I've played yeah. Smash yeah. Bros. So, like, Super Smash Bros. Melee, I think. And yep. uh, mm -hmm. played with Oh, what's his name? Falco. Yes. Uh, there's, a, there's a character Falco. I would play as him a lot. Yes. Uh, I was a really big fan of Dark Pit. Mm -hmm. uh, and I really like Link. Yep. Link. I play Ness. <laughs> An advanced player. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, you guys Smash? Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Smashers. <laughs> that, was like, that was a game that definitely, like, GameCube era, N64 era, like everybody kind of kind of did, and now it's like, well, yeah, we've got too but much the stuff. New Switch, so the new Switch versions are so so cool. Though, yes, too. it's a lot easier to have that on tour now. <laughs> yeah. 
they're not gonna have a tv like like issues on this these final three dates in the back is just gonna have their switches and it's like just bring a switch we'll just connect over the wi-fi like fight that way <laughs> we couldn't bring the tv on these last three shows <laughs> yeah so what do can we kind of expect from you guys in the new year because we're kind of coming to a close everything's going to start slowing down you're going to come off of tour but what is something that you're going to look forward to for furthering the band and getting either back out there on the road um or doing any other type of like going back into the studio or making music anything like that kind of all of the above honestly uh you know we are already back to talking about writing for whatever's next for us so that's already in the works um we really are planning on touring a lot next year um and we don't exactly know what that entails yet but that is something that's on our on our radar for sure so writing and touring is a lot i mean we want to play this new record out a lot more than just this this uh tour run now so hopefully next year is fruitful for us in that regard florida florida that's right just a whole florida Florida, yeah just florida tour only we're doing a residency in orlando for no reason (laughs) yeah yeah. let's tour with all the florida bands like Mm -hmm. capstan and what is it 408 and broadside yep magnolia park (laughs) just get everyone on there yeah data room (laughs) that'd be crazy made a parade data remember yellow card tour on well opens <laughs> yeah but yeah i mean that's, that's pretty much it you know just trying to keep on pushing forward uh something i found interesting that bands are like kind of playing their new records like in full at the, not because when we were young announced that they're doing like all album plays this year but it seems like a lot of bands are like we're gonna play our whole record on these shows or like a majority of it. a majority of the record on these shows are you playing like most of the new record and uh, like yeah. just to like get it out there for everybody yeah yeah we're playing the whole thing plus a few old ones so it's a full it's a full night <laughs> are you doing it like from front to back or are you like mixing and mixing it up in there yeah we're mixing it up okay. so it's not exactly how the record it's not yeah it's not front to back there's like we mix all the old ones in there and it's not in the same order it's just whatever we like build the set you can talk about it more, but we build the sets based on hypeness like you gotta have a good like you know you gotta have like the you know start off hype oh yeah and, like, acoustic song in the middle so you have a chance to build it back up towards the end you know yeah. so like we we, we built that kind of base about that but yeah um you summed it up <laughs> okay yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> the uh i always would say it's like you got to have that song in the middle so that everybody can like have a chance to go to the bar use the bathroom and come back <laughs> like yeah it's like it's yeah. hard to be like oh, i i just know this song is going to be that one where they're like okay that's yeah. okay this is yeah that's okay and you hear everybody talking like throughout that acoustic song too because they're trying to like tell them what they were trying to tell them like three songs ago yeah and they couldn't hear each other so now now they can (laughs) so but yeah no it's all good we we uh you know yeah we expect that it's part of the gig yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) just want everyone to have a good time yeah oh yeah like you want everyone to be in the pit at least like for those slow down ones that's my like okay let me like actually calm down and like actually have my inhaler ready to go after being in the pit the entire time. But um, with also a lot of this stuff um, going on and with your newest album as well, what songs really stand out for you guys in particular um, from the latest album? And when it came to like writing and getting those out there, what was kind of like the mindset that you guys had? 
if someone else can um, take this, I feel like I've been talking for <laughs> so I would say, I don't know if I speak for everybody, but I think the title track, Trial and Error, um, is probably the most special song on the record. We got to collaborate with uh, Saxel Rose, the, the, what would you guys call him, like the, the king of rock saxophone guy? <laughs> uh, if you've ever seen like Paramore or uh, Christopher Wiz Khalifa, all kinds of rad bands, uh, we got to collaborate with him on our title track, and we also got to have um, Tyler Ennis from Of Virtue on that track. And um, yeah, our final product of that kind of blew our minds, I think. Um, we got to shoot that music video through everybody's schedule on like a miracle. And um, yeah, at least that's mine. That's definitely mine too. I, even just the writing process, that song just came kind of the easiest. And um, it felt so just natural. Yeah, it's definitely. Your favorite? Yeah, uh, Temptations is my favorite personally. Um, yeah. I think music wise, it's no doubt my favorite song on the new record. Um, Trial and Error is sick though. It's, it's definitely a very special song. <laughs> uh, my favorite is actually Views, and it, it has been since it, it, Drew sent me that song before I was even in the band and I'm like dude this song is incredible and it's been, it's been my favorite ever since yeah man it's hard it's hard to pick a fave I mean I I have a special place in my heart for Leaves because I think it's a really beautiful song and the way we incorporated like the melodies with the you know the more aggressive instrumental on that song is really well done and then I have to agree with Connor. I really like Temptations, but for a selfish reason, like I, I was really proud of myself lyrically on that song because um, we wrote the song originally. They wrote the instrumental, Chris and Drew wrote the instrumental, and Connor wrote the drums. And then I put lyrics to it, and then I let it sit for like a couple of weeks or something. And I was like, I don't know, like it's, it was like really wordy. And then I literally just like listened to a couple of songs that like inspired me, and then I literally like rewrote the whole thing and like. A day and it was back in yeah dude days. and it was like 10 times better or <laughs> times better than what it was and so i was really proud that i was able to kind of like i was just proud of myself i was like because i didn't think that i was going to be able to like completely rewrite a song because like once i complete something i'm like all right cool that's done but there was something about that song that still wasn't like clicking with me um so the fact that where we landed on the final product is just it's just something i'm really proud of so i like that song a lot what, so what songs did you listen to to kind of like have you had that coming like coming to age moment being like oh I have to adjust this and like write, rewrite everything um I don't know so I remember I remember listening to a Bear Chief song what's that what's that one called the Riptide I remember listening mm -hmm. to Riptide and the way he kind of like broke up the melody with his lyrics was like really cool to me and that's kind of what inspired the two like in Temptations, I don't know if you're familiar with the song, but like it, I break up the lyrics a lot in the chorus. Like I take little breaths, and it gives it just gives it a more like kind of groovy feeling, like a little more like this is a little more space to breathe in that song, and a, a little more space to be. I don't know, it gives it more power to me. Uh, so that's kind of that that song in particular was the one I listened to, and there's I don't know what I, there's just some other random ones. <laughs> on the I'm like oh yeah, that's, that's that's kind of cool, but the riff side was the big one interesting it's just yeah. i just heard that song for the first time because it came out on rock band and so <laughs> oh did it oh, yeah. hey, that's been like a big like trender on like I um, know. radio uh i 
this is going to be me talking about video games again for some reason, but uh, I don't know why this is the conversation, but um, yeah, I like still follow like rock band and like their new like tracks that go on there. And we just said like Magnolia Park just got a song on there and yeah, Rip Tooth by Beartooth just got on there. I was like, oh, it's not a Beartooth song that I've heard. So I'm like, oh, I'll check it out. And I'm like, wait, damn, like, damn. So yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, the whole new Beartooth record is definitely a huge 180 lyrically for, for them. And uh, it's, it's a cool, we, we are big fans of that record. We know there will never be an Attack Attack reunion because he's doing too yeah. well with that. <laughs> Beartooth is too yeah. big and doing too well. Yeah, just way too big for Attack yeah. Attack now. He's like, no, I'm I'm okay. Thank you, though. He's like, no, we're good. Don't worry. Because they have a tour coming up, too, I think, in the new year. Headliner, sure. right? Yeah, I think it's yeah. a headliner. Which one? A bear tooth? Yeah, bear tooth. Yeah. Oh, bear tooth. Okay. Yeah, they do. yeah, yeah. I don't generally care what Attack Attacks do. <laughs> like, no. I think hearing Stick Stickly at the bar is just what I need. That's, <laughs> that's, that's all. Fine. That's all anyone ever needs. Yeah. I would, yeah, I would be curious to see what it sounds like in 2023. Uh, you know, I haven't, I, I really haven't heard much of that band. I don't really follow them a ton, but yeah, yeah, I'd be curious to kind of see what they sound like today. Definitely with with uh, Caleb going to Beartooth and Johnny going to Bill Murray, I'm like, I those bands are now exist. I have those bands. Oh, yeah. These are the bands. Yeah, those bands, both of those bands are so cool and so. Bill Murray is one of those bands that has such a unique sound that's unlike anyone else, man. Yo, speaking of inspiration. Let's talk about Bill Murray. Let's talk about Bill Murray real quick. Dude, I'm going to let Drew, Drew hop up here. I like how we're moving seats, Change too, seats to really, we gotta talk about we're Bill rotating Murray it through. Um, so when we wrote Trial and Error, uh, it was like, I think I went and saw Bill Murray in, uh, in Detroit with my girl, and uh, I saw their saxophone player gabby yes. who's now on tour with the jonas brothers which yes. is so sick and um okay then that i've seen her weird. at the jonas brothers <laughs> yeah she's the lady with the red hair she yes. kills it um and just seeing them and the couple songs that they have where they have just like straight saxophone solos was like the initial spark of the entire idea of trial and error um we totally like i think it, there wasn't like anything like take anything in particular as the biggest inspiration other than like the general theme of how they were approaching the the saxophone in the rock setting and um we had never even dabbled in something like that and um asking saxel to come on and doing that was um probably one of the coolest collaborations i think we could have asked for because he is just like the coolest guy in the world like I, if you ever talk to saxel he is like um he's like he reminds me of like Snoop Dogg. He's, he's, just, he's just so, <laughs> so smooth. And, uh, yeah, we're gonna drop that music video soon, and he uh, looks like a total badass in it. He's just <laughs> so uh, so cool, man. And uh, working with someone who's that like confident in their instrument, and he recorded his own part uh, at home, and uh, it literally sounds like he recorded it in like a multi-million dollar studio, and it definitely just him and his MacBook, and he absolutely crushes it. So, That's crazy. Um, Bill Murray's a huge uh, inspo for that song in particular. Does it feel like Bill Murray should be the biggest band in the world? <laughs> Sometimes, yeah. Their new music is absolutely killer. It's wild. And like, yeah, their music is just wild. It's so unique and individual. And like, listening to their stuff, some of their songs are just absolutely bonkers, like mm -hmm. Bash Get Crazy. But then, like, 
there's a lot of the majority of the songs are just like so good that i just and then there's like mind that they're not like popping all the time you know yeah like, they're not like yeah like touring with beer you're touring with all these huge rock acts you know i don't know obviously that this is all surface level so i don't know what's going on in Philly with that band but yeah like, you know, i feel like they, they could take over the world for sure. yes <laughs> there's a lot of bands that i listen to and I go, I know how they, I know how to do this. I understand it. I know how to make that type of song. And every time I hear, I, I hear Bill Murray, I go, I have no idea how to do that. This is just, it makes no sense to make music like this. They have a ton of extremely specific guitar tones. They have a ton of specific, um, like, the ways they record their vocals and certain effects that, like, nobody else is really doing. And I think that really makes them stick out a ton. Definitely. And I think that, like, that's back to the original conversation about we just need more interesting stuff in rock yeah. music. I'm like, that's it's good that a band like that is getting enough attention to where there will be more bands uh, that are influenced by that and we're making like more interesting stuff because it's like it's off yeah. the wall. And then you can just say, okay, I'm going to try something from that. And now I have my own saxophone solo. <laughs> and now. Now every band is going to have saxophone solos. That's what's going to happen. 2024 <laughs> is the year of the sax. Yeah. Bring it back. Yeah. I, I don't know about these guys. I've actually been eating up in rock music with sax. Like even like the heavier music, there's there's a band called uh, Saxophone in Europe. And they, <laughs> they are just straight gin and all they do is sax solos in their rock music and it's the coolest shit I've ever heard. Oh my God. <laughs> there was like, I don't remember where I saw it because it was, it was kind of before like TikTok and, and short form stuff like that but there's a band uh, a russian band called shrezers they've changed their names a couple times and they had like a little clip that came out and it was like this dude like singing really high there's like shredding there's like breakdowns and all of a sudden this dude just out from the background just comes out and just like rips a saxophone solo <laughs> and like, wait so a funny. minute their whole branding of shrezers is like brazzers dude yeah so <laughs> it is they are one of the most wild like i'm like this this band does not belong existing they're too good but it feels so manufactured I, I i can't figure it out and i think it's just because it's russian but <laughs> then i like like listen to a few more of their songs I'm like okay this is just what they do it's cool i get it i like this this is this is yeah. very interesting uh it's like polyphia with snacks yes <laughs> and it's like i think that if you can hide a saxophone solo in there like you don't even know it's coming. The guy's like not even in the video. He's just like in the background. And then all of a sudden he's like walks out. He's like, hello. And then shred it. It's like perfect. <laughs> you just have to have that secret sax always. Sorry, my dog started barking. I'm just going to go check on him real quick. But you guys can keep talking. <laughs> so it might be not the year of the sax, but maybe it could be the year of the tambourine. And we could bring it all back together. <laughs> for sure we definitely have some tambourine in our music and i think it's like kind of cool too that like still talking about like these kind of other not like non-traditional but non-traditional for like some rock music at least especially nowadays to have these other type of like instruments like kind of coming into play now and like now it's 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 like a fun thing but it actually is being integrated like really well Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think whether it's sax or some other electronic element or if some type, I think that stuff is what's actually pushing the genre of music or genre of rock music forward right now. 
Yeah, it's definitely something that needs to happen. Like we kind of were talking about earlier, like a lot of the some of the newer music that's been coming out, especially in like hard rock, at least it's kind of been sounding like the same formula over and over because it does really well in like radio play. And I think that that's going to be a really good way to kind of like switch it up and to kind of like throw a curveball into everything because not everybody can be bare tooth 2.0, 5.0. Right. Definitely. Because even even when we're sitting and writing uh, pop punk, you know, we, we definitely try to figure out ways to push certain elements forward in ways to, like other bands that are like on, you know, the top 40 of this specific genre that we're trying to do a little different that hopefully still resonates the same way. Did I miss us trying to get unwell on top 40 radio? Yeah, I mean, we can push it. <laughs> Just making sure that's the plan right now. We we always set goals and plans. We're like 1 million streams, top 40 radio, you know, straight to number top one. Top 40 is crazy. We'll take Octane. I was about to <laughs> say, you guys radio. are more Octane focused, I feel. Yeah. I mean, that's a, okay, top 40 rock radio. Top 40, I'm sorry, not, it's active rock. I So Lizzie works in radio. <laughs> Which means she's about to be insufferable about it, but oh she God. also can get you on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> I know how to pitch things to many people yes. <laughs> on the radio. So what's the what's what's the octane pitch? <laughs> Got to get you on that test drive with Jose. <laughs> Dude, yeah. However, I, we don't know how to, how to make that happen, but if people want to want to rally behind us and make that happen, that'd be that'd be tight. I, I know usually, so when you do pitch for like larger radio stations, because I also run a college radio station, so that's way different. Um, it's a lot easier to do things there, but when you're pitching to radio in general, you do kind of have to send it like your press person, like would sends like us, like your pressers. So it's like pitching it. And it's also a little bit of kind of that whole who you know. So if you have your agent or manager or somebody, get a hold of somebody at like Octane or somebody at SiriusXM, which obviously owns Octane and say like, consider this. <laughs> it's right. kind of like that. And then if you at least get on there once, they'll usually try to put you on again later. If you have another single that is popular enough or doing really, really well. Um, and then they'll kind of like rotate it out. Obviously they do prioritize a lot of like larger already established bands. So I know so one of one of my personal biggest critiques right now with like Octane Radio is that like they play way too much. I know we're all Beartooth enthusiasts, but they're playing way too much Beartooth. <laughs> oh, it's ridiculous. Like we listen to it every day at work, and we hear the same five Beartooth songs and the same five Spirit Box songs over and over and over and over and over again. <laughs> yeah, it's just kind of like standing out, but it, it's hard when you have those larger bands on labels as well because it's pale is illegal. But it is that we already have a, a relationship. So, of course, I'm going to play five Beartooth songs <laughs> all the time um, because we're, like, chill and we're homies and we can work well together. And we know the promo back and forth is going to do well. So it's also showing that, like, you can do the promotional work behind it, too. And also just, like, being chill with it is always really helpful, too. Leading up to this interview, I had a bunch of ads on Instagram, I think Twitter, for your band and like the new record and all that. So there we go. I got, I was hit by your ads quite a bit. So the advertising worked because I was like, cool, we're talking to that band. So like, this is great. Um, 
So that can. part's working. Yeah, we we decided to hire a, a marketing firm or agency for this release uh, for a lot of reasons. But um, we called the Syndicate out in New York. They've been pretty awesome. They've done really well for us, and they've they've had a, produced a lot of good results. So we're excited to hear from them tomorrow when they're back in the office about the weekend and how the weekend went with the album rollout. And uh, yeah, they've they've done a lot of cool stuff with press for us and um, gotten us gotten us features and stuff like like. Uh, that we definitely wouldn't be able to do otherwise on our own. So it's shout out syndicate. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like something that a lot of bands, I don't know, I don't see a lot of advertisers, a lot of advertisements for other bands that are like in the scene that are like coming out. Like we, we, we interview people, but like I don't see it like on my, you know, Twitter feed of like, oh, here's the new record. It's coming out. You all should check it out. I don't see that as much, I guess. It's, well, I guess, I mean, it's expensive, man. Yeah. <laughs> hiring, hiring someone to run your ads is expensive enough, but then you have to put money towards ad spend. Like the money you're paying these people is, you know, is just for their services. It's not for the ad spend on top of it. And oh, that's, shit. You know, that's the expensive part, too, because they know if you're only going to put 100 or 200 bucks on ad spend, like, you know, that's, you're only going to get 100 or 200 bucks out of it, and that could be really well or do nothing for you at all. So it's just, you know, it's that game, hiring someone that's really good at targeting and, uh, you know, all about email marketing, clicking emails, lookalike audiences, all that fun stuff, you know, that they all, they know all about. Uh, that's why we decided to decide to hire it out to the people that knew how to do it the best. And they, I mean, Syndicate has worked with people like Panic at the Disco mm -hmm. and um, I'm blanking on, but they work with like massive the coolest one that I see from them is they got Turnstile and Taco Bell commercials. So every time you see a recent Taco Bell commercial, you just hear Turnstile ripping. Yeah, they're also the company that's responsible for the Taco Bell Feed the Beat. That, like, oh, I yeah, didn't know okay, that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Syndicate created that for Taco Bell. And like that's that was their campaign. Um, I actually hear they're starting to back up soon because they stopped it during the pandemic. But um, yeah. But yeah, so anyways, the Syndicate's a good agency. And, and just marketing alone is, is super freaking expensive so that's my might be why you know a lot a lot of bands our size aren't doing it uh but you know it's just something really important to us that we saved up for so like, i feel like that kind of stuff too is something like you really have to like go pick or go home on or it ends up being a waste of your money it's like yeah you can spend 500 bucks but it ends up not even being worth what you give to it like you kind of have to really send it on it to get your return on it yeah and i think it just ultimately lands our music in more people's laps which is the ultimate goal in the end so yeah i was thinking about how if i were trying to get more clients for my marketing business i would definitely start working with taco bell because then you say like oh we got taco bell everyone's like i want to work with that company they were going to taco bell that's fucking rad we gotta get them on <laughs> it's like so specifically that uh, and I was also thinking about how we just talked about like how cool it was to like have a saxophone solo in your music, and then it's like, yeah, that's the that's the cool part about being a band. And then there's all like the the email marketing, and then there's like all this other part. And it's like one day you're getting the saxophone player in, and you're having good conversations and laying down a, a, a sick track, and the next one you're like, okay, so we're putting in this amount of money for these ad spends <laughs> to go to these places. It's like it's in the Excel spreadsheet. Yeah. Dude, yeah, there's a whole creative side to a band and an entire business side to the band and, you know, the secretarial kind of side of the band, too, that's slept down and super important. That makes the difference between a, you know, a mid-tier band to a very successful band, I think, you know, like, 
definitely takes a lot of um, managing and upkeeping and we're happy. We're, we're with a uh, management team right now. Uh, they're out of Roar in LA and they are really good at keeping track and keeping tabs of you know all the documents, all the things, all the follow-ups, all the emails, and then coordinating with the marketing and coordinating with our distribution. Um, so yeah, dude, there's a lot of communicating and a lot of tracking uh, that, that happens uh, behind the scenes that a lot of people don't consider, but that's kind of what I just said, like that makes a big difference between a mildly successful band to like a, a more successful band, I'd say. And that's how we're going to get you on the radio. Yeah, that's all, it, it's all going to come together. It's all going to come together. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Syndicate does radio campaigns, but dude, huh? I'm sure you know, but like, dude, radio campaigns are like four or five times more expensive than what we're spending on just like ads. <laughs> like, it's, a, it's, a crazy it, it's a lot. And then they'll be like, they'll all... The worry that does always happen a lot, too, is when you do some radio campaigns is that you turn into those bands that are just on the radio and like nobody listens to them outside of that. That's also like that kind. It's like a 50 50. It's like it's can be all, either really, really great or it's like a kiss of death almost for a band. Damn, that's crazy. Yeah. Unless you're also- in country. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's also too. It's a kind of it's like a gamble too, especially because we're we're working like we hired them to do our publicity as well, and you know that's just a gamble at the end of the day. Like we're paying them x amount of dollars to be our publicists, but there's no guarantee that they'll land us placements at all. Like there's nothing in the contract or the statement of work that says like we will get you in this 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 in this article. Like that does not exist. You are just putting your faith and your thousands of dollars <laughs> into them to like hopefully produce good results and. Um, Thankfully, thankfully they have done awesome for us. So that's why I keep plugging them because they're really great to work with. But um, I mean that's that's and that's like another reason that's uh, that bands like don't do it because it's just it's a gamble, dog. And like you could literally just like drop five grand and get like one article about you. So you know, it's yeah, just, it's tough. I have a couple of friends uh, who do like band PR stuff, and I know that there was like a whole like discourse about this a couple of weeks ago on Twitter. And it basically came down to like an artist was upset that they were paying money for this PR agency to help them like try to land articles and such, but they just weren't really getting that much. And they were like, well, I pay you. It's a guarantee. And they're like, no, it's a guarantee that I can like help represent you. But if people don't want to like, you know, put you in an article or interview you or anything like that's out of my control. And it's just like, it kind of devolved into also people just being kind of like shitty to PR people, which I do see because it's PR. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of a lot of faith in just you know investing your money in the right people. So because if you're gonna drop that money on a PR agent, make sure you know it's kind of what Joe said. You, you kind of have to go big or, or mm-hmm. not do it at all because you really gotta hire the people that are, have a good reputation, have good relationships, and have like mm-hmm. the proof of work that they've you know gotten done. So yeah, and just kind of accept that unfortunately the entire industry is. A- start to finish literally every time (laughs) true and i also i also think like believing in the music as a whole is is like kind of like step one so Mm -hmm. that that the rest of the steps feel like they're um equally as important and just having really good music to hopefully everyone else sees it too yeah the root of it definitely is just good music people often forget that too (laughs) yeah yeah I mean, you could be that's, dog that's shit one. with a big budget. Yeah. <laughs> I will tell you, when I would listen for, like, um, music submissions, 
I listen to the first like five seconds. And if I'm not interested, I don't even skip to like the chorus or anything. I say, I'm done. We're not doing this because it, it just has to be good. And it has to be like ear catching enough. But it's mm-hmm. like I have to go through, you know, 100 music submissions. Um, this sounds the same. This sounds the same. This just sounds like we're copying things over. This isn't a bigger band that we have to put on the radio. It's things like that, too. Like, you just have to be good. <laughs> uh, well, let's let's do a little bit of advertising to end the podcast with with doing all the plugs and stuff. So we'll we won't charge you a thousand dollars to do plugs. <laughs> I was like trying to make a good transition there, but I'm like, <laughs> that's that's what it is. Uh, but yeah, let's make sure we uh, you know we we tell people where to go get the record. Trial and error is out now. Where can people find it? Where can people still see you on this tour? Uh, where can people follow you to know when you go to Florida next time? <laughs> <laughs> we're uh, we're unwell band on all socials. Uh, you can listen to the record on every streaming service. Uh, you can go to our website and cop the physical record if that's more your lane. Um, that's also where we have tour dates. Oh yeah, we got tour dates. We're we're uh, we're off today and tomorrow. We're playing. We pick back up in Cleveland on the twenty first, and then we'll we're hitting New York, uh, Minneapolis, Denver. Iowa, Cincinnati. So uh, just a few more dates on this run, and then you know check check our socials and our website for uh, all future 2024 Florida dates and whatnot. <laughs> yeah, and we also this is our first time we didn't get to do vinyl on our first album, so this is our first time pressing vinyl. So those are for sale on our website too, and we're really proud of those. Hell yeah, that's awesome. Collect the vinyl. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's gonna unwell is gonna pop off, and you're gonna be glad that you have the vinyl now from the original pressing of the records. So and then, you're not trying to get the Dick's Discogs resale yeah. for $200. When, <laughs> when you guys have been a band for 20 years and you're still writing songs about being in high school, people will be like, yeah, but I got that record 20 years ago, man. This is on my wall. Like I've been listening to that shit for 20 years. This is a collector's item. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> now <Hell> or yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, uh, uh, we'll go ahead and we'll end the podcast there, but thank you, uh, uh, for, for coming on. Make sure if you're listening to this, you go and check out the band, check out all the, all the music, all the vinyls, all the, all the tour dates. Make sure you're going on, um, every fast car cover and saying, yeah, but Unwell did it better. Yep. And, uh, <laughs> that's right. Oh yeah. And, uh, sax guys. solos in your future, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Thank well, you guys for having us. Thanks so much to Unwell for, one, bearing with us while we got everything together and for sitting down to talk with us in between their busy, busy tour schedule. Again, always going to make sure to remind you guys to follow us and comment, rate, subscribe, and make sure you tell all of your friends about the Emo Social Club podcast. Until next time, I have been Lizzie, and Brian is probably trying to wrangle right in the dog, our little mascot. Okay, bye.